0: Youth demand climate action in Chula Vista. What gives me hope for our generation is the fact that so many young people are acting and so many young people care about these
1: issues. I'm Jade Hindman. This is KPBS Midday Edition. (music) The changes in protocol with the Carlsbad Police Department after a violent interaction...
0: Officer Ramirez deployed multiple rounds of the pepper ball gun, and he did not give a warning of, hey, the pepper ball is going to be continued to be used. He just kept firing.
1: And we talk about upcoming exhibits and theater shows in your weekend preview. That's ahead on Midday Edition. Thousands of students across San Diego will take to the streets today to demand climate justice. It's all part of a global climate strike that will see hundreds of similar marches across the world in an effort to raise awareness and demand public action from elected leaders. Joining me now with more about this strike is one of its participants, Kiala Minacho, a junior at Canyon Crest Academy and board member with San Diego 350, as well as a local organizer of the strike. Kiala, welcome to the program. Hello. What kind of message do you hope that this march and other marches like it will get across to elected officials?
0: To elected officials, I hope this really shows the power of youth voices. While young people aren't able to vote, we are going to be the generation that is most impacted by the current climate crisis. And we are scared for our futures and we will not stand by. So I hope that it conveys to elected officials the importance of taking urgent climate action on this matter.
1: And can you talk more about that? I mean, about how you've been impacted personally by the effects of climate change?
0: So I was born in South Florida um, during the 2005 hurricane season and moving to San Diego. I didn't know a lot about climate change initially, but as I learned more, climate change has been impacting me my whole life. And I think it's really critical that you take actions on issues that affect you because it is important to stand up for things that youth care about, that young people care about, and such an important matter as
1: to saving our world. And can you talk more about what inspired you to take part in the fight for climate justice?
0: Some things that inspired me to take part in the climate justice um, movement was more of the power in pushing both public policy and mobilizing. I think having the inspiration coming from my peers Coming from getting support with elected officials, coming from actually taking climate action means so much to me. And it means so much to other youth because it really knows like it's very heartening to know that the work that we're doing makes a difference.
1: And what are some of the most important climate and energy policies that you support that you hope your local politicians will also rally behind?
0: Yeah, so one of the most important, like one of our strike demands is that not only like local politicians, but we really want President Biden to declare a national climate emergency. This will be able, allow him to use his executive authority to help really regulate the climate crisis, and along with taking climate action. And then at a local level, we're really hoping for an immediate and just transition to renewable energy, um, along with at a statewide level that Governor Newsom and oil drilling in California.
1: And how did you first begin to learn about the global effects of a changing climate? I mean, was this something you learned in school?
0: Coming from a different educational system than San Diego, I actually learned about it through my peers, through learning more just in general consumption of media. Um, I think I've always really cared about the environment. I've grown up nearing the environment. I've always lived in a coastal city. So I know the importance of being able to protect our habitats and our environment. I think that really carried over when I started to learn more about the climate crisis. And then I got more involved and I truly learned how bad it is.
1: And what about the marches going on around the country today? How many people do you expect to attend?
0: So in San Diego, we're expecting thousands of students to walk out across over a dozen schools in San Diego. So that includes high schools, colleges, and then we also have two um, downtown centralized strikes globally because this is a global um, day of action. I believe hundreds of thousands of students and youth will
1: be walking out. Are you hopeful about your generation's ability to make an impact on climate change?
0: Yes, I am hopeful. While it is very, very clear that this is a pressing issue that, if not resolved, could lead to really bad things for our generation, I think it's really important that we take action. And actually, what gives me hope for our generation is the fact that so many young people are acting and so many young people care about these issues.
1: We hear a lot about the possibility of a Green New Deal, but a lot of politicians are skeptical of actually paying for it or implementing it. What would you say to politicians who are hesitant to take immediate climate action?
0: I would say that the future of the next generation is at risk. Um, We're really demanding something that will allow san diego and the country in the world to be able to continue living in we all we want is a sustainable future and so for politicians for anybody who really doubts climate change there's no harm in trying to create a better world and trying to create a more safe and livable world especially
1: for young people i've been speaking with san diego 350 board member and canyon crest academy jr Kiala Minichow, who is also organizing the march here locally. Kiala, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. Last year, Carlsbad police used a beanbag gun and pepper balls on two suspects, and it led to big changes. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Trageser says the police involved were suspended, and there's new training. A warning this story contains graphic sounds and images. On a Saturday night in
3: April 2021, Carlsbad police officer Jordan Walker was searching for a stolen Kia SUV. He headed to an area of town near the I-5, known as a hotspot for crime. It's Macadamia now. It's still south. Walker spotted the car. It was being driven by a woman with a male passenger. He pulled them over and asked them to get out of the car.
1: Driver, shut the car off!
3: The driver refused, but the passenger listened. But when they tried to handcuff him, he fought back. So officers took him to the ground and punched him repeatedly.
2: I can't breathe, dude! Look, my hands are free! I can
3: probably get some pepper ball through that driver's side. Corporal Derek Harvey fired a beanbag gun to puncture a hole in the car's rear window. Then Officer Edward Ramirez fired pepper balls at the woman, 57 rounds in all, while she was in the car and after she jumped out and began to run. Officers ended up tackling and arresting her inside a nearby hotel. As far as police use of force incidents go, this one was not all that unusual. But the actions by the Carlsbad Police Department following the incident were. The department disciplined the officers, even though there were no complaints from the public.
0: Officer Ramirez deployed multiple rounds of the pepper ball gun, and he did not give a warning of, hey, the pepper ball is going to be continued to be used. He just kept firing.
3: Christy Calderwood is Carlsbad's assistant
0: police chief. He was. Definitely out of compliance because she had not shown violent actions.
3: The department also faulted the supervisor, Sergeant Morgan Griggs, for not de escalating the situation, and the high ranking watch commander, Lieutenant Greg White, for not showing up at all.
0: Which was very concerning for us, and he um, ended up leaving the force shortly after that.
3: This level of discipline is not typical. Just 3% of local officers who used enough force to cause severe injury received any discipline. That's according to a KPBS analysis of local incidents since 2000. In Carlsbad, the department also created new training and reached out to community groups for input on a new de-escalation policy, including the North County Equity and Justice Coalition. Yousef Miller is the co-founder.
2: It, it was a really easy and smooth process. I really enjoyed it. We were understood by the police department. They were understood by us. And and it moved it moved along without the a lot of the contention you see in other meetings. You know, people ready to throw shoes and books at each other and all this kind of stuff and arguments.
3: The Carlsbad Equity Coalition has also seen police improve their attitudes. Allie
0: Vrendenberg is president. There's this moral responsibility to protect everyone that they can. And so it's creating this mindset of reducing harm to everyone and having a reverence for human life.
3: Still, Miller says none of this would be happening without the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police.
2: Before uh, George Floyd, before George Floyd, we only got three answers when it came to discussions like this. Only three answers. No, no, and hell no.
3: He says the fire of the summer of 2020 led to the calmer discussions happening today. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News.
2: Hey, 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 this is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS
1: You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. In our weekend preview, we have lots of live music, dance, and design. Joining me with all the details is KPBS arts producer and editor Julia Dixon Evans. Julia, welcome. Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me. San Diego Design Week is underway, and it's a chance to explore the influences and inspiration of design in all its forms across San Diego and the San Diego Tijuana region. And a lot of design-minded people are looking ahead to the 2024 World Design Capital designation that was recently jointly awarded to San Diego and Tijuana. Uh, There are also more than 90 events, exhibits, workshops, and tours for the week. So do you have some highlights for us?
4: Yes, I do. And first, I will just say that you can also explore the Design Week website. They have program listings by category or collection. So if you're interested in like culinary design, then you can find all of the curated culinary events. Same with stuff that's kid-friendly or stuff that's in Mexico and so on. But I have pulled out a few things that are kind of easy entry points into Design Week, whether you're a newbie or a design nerd. First is the Posters of Optimism exhibition that's at Art Produce in North Park. There are dozens of posters, and they're all on this theme of optimism, sometimes in a sort of sassy way. Like, one of my favorites, this is by Taylor Chapin. It has a painting of a cat on it, with then a bright pink lettering overlay that says don't give up because you'll have too much free time. But there's also affirmations, and there's more abstract ones. Some of the other artists, there's Scott Gengelbach, Jay Vargas, Chitra Gopalakrishnan, Christopher Tucker, and dozens more. There will be a reception tonight at art produce from five to seven, and then it will be on view through November 12th or online. And up north in Oceanside is another visual art exhibition that's at the Hill Street Country Club. This one's called Processing, and it features functional art and process-based or materials-based design. There are four artists, designers, sculptors, and ceramicists, and that one is just one day only, with a reception Saturday from 5 to 9. And then in fashion design, they're having an international fashion show and market that's on Saturday at Fair at 44 in City Heights. They'll have international national foods and fashions by trans designers as well as immigrant and refugee designers. And if you want to do something at your own pace, there are also Downtown Tijuana Pedestrian Tours. It's a self-guided walking tour that starts at the Port of Entry Pedestrian Crossing, and it takes you to Downtown Tijuana with important landmarks and design and historical curiosities marked along the way. And that is available any day of Design Week through Sunday, and you can download the map and the information online. And one more on Sunday is Mod Swap, that's in Barrio Logan, and it's an outdoor market of mid-century designers and collectors they'll all be displaying their vintage and mid-century wares to sell or trade or just browse
1: (laughs) all right and you can find more highlights and links to maps and other design week events on our website there's a couple of things on your radar in dance too let's start with the return of trolley dances
4: Yeah, so Trolley Dancers has been around for about 24 years. It was founded by Jean Isaacs and the San Diego Dance Theater as a way to make dance accessible and affordable. Site-specific dance like this means no stages, which means no theater costs. And using the trolley system, the tours deliver audiences between these performance sites, but they're also in public spaces. So a passerby can just walk up and watch too. And they're using the new Blue Line Trolley this year. And it will be a two-hour guided tour that starts at the Noble Drive Transit Center that's in La Jolla near UCSD. And instead of the two weekends of trolley dances that, that they usually do in previous years, this year is just the one weekend, just this Saturday and Sunday. And the tours start every hour from 10.15 to 2.15 both days. Tickets are $25 for the tour for general admission, but there are some discounts and um, youth and 18 and under are free and they will get a pronto pass. And these shows are selling out. This morning I checked and there are just a few time slots um, that have tickets available for each of the days. So plan ahead, but this is a great way to see new contemporary
1: dance along the route. And for visual art, there's an exhibition of paper theaters at the La Jolla Historical Society. Yeah, this is called The Smallest Show on Earth, and it's a
4: collection of these miniature toy or tabletop models of theaters, opera houses, and historically they came to popularity as these little advertisements or souvenirs during the Victorian era in London, and you could buy the kits from the theater's concession stands to build yourself at home. So that is having an opening reception tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. at the La Jolla Historical Society, and then it will be on view through
1: January 26 second. Now on stage at the Oceanside Theater Company is a production of Billy Backstage with Lady Day. Tell us about this show.
4: Yeah, this is a play about Billy Holiday. It's by playwright and performer Cynthia L. Hardy, who will perform as Billy. And the construct is that Billie is answering questions from unseen journalists that are offstage, and that gets her into telling these stories about her life and the hardships and that she went through, also about the origin of her songs, which of course gets her singing. And there'll be a group of musicians performing live with her, including Woody Woods. And here's a little bit. This is Cynthia L. Hardy as Billie Holiday.
2: Sparkle. are gonna get you in a whole lot like you know.
4: And Billy backstage with Lady Day is on stage through October 2nd in Oceanside. That's at the historic Sunshine Brooks Theater. And this weekend, your chances are tonight and Saturday at 8 and then a
1: Sunday matinee at 2. Finally, it's the Adams Avenue Street Fair celebrating its 40th anniversary this weekend with two days of live music. What are some highlights there? Yeah, there's something like 50 bands performing across five stages and I'll give you a few
4: highlights but you should know that the stages are divided by genre so that's also a great way to just camp out and listen to styles of music that you like. So at the Roots Rock stage don't miss the Sarah Petit Band on Saturday at 4 or Finnegan Blue on Sunday at 4.45. You might remember Finnegan Blue from our KPBS summer music series that was a couple years ago and this is their song, Run.
2: that <laughs>
1: Up again, so I can kiss the ones I love. I'm only being honest, the world not knows the trials of a man, going back to where it all.
4: And at the Groove and Blues stage, there's Gabby and La Buena Onda at noon on Saturday. And Whitney Shea is performing with the Shorefire Soul Ensemble. That's at 4:15 also on Saturday. And there's also a Soul Shack Records DJ stage. And definitely swing by when Chulita Vinyl Club is spinning. That's noon on Sunday. Shelby Bennett will perform at the listats Indie Stage at 2 on Saturday. And there's also the Ska Bar Variety Stage, which I should note is not ska music, but they have Puente performing at 2 on Saturday and tons more. And then at the Casbah Stage on Sunday at noon, the Inflorescence will play a set. And if you miss their recent debut album, definitely check them out. And this is the song Last Week.
1: Adams Avenue Street Fair is Saturday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and it's free. You can find details on these and more arts events or sign up for Julia's weekly arts newsletter at kpbs.org arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans and Julia, thanks. Thank you, Jade. Have a good weekend.